He goes by the name of Rob. He's here with us. He's the head trader over at Maverick Trading. You are a full-time trader. Trading is your primary source of income. Is that correct? That's correct. And how long has this been your full-time career? So I started trading in 1997. What is the process to prepare yourself to be a full-time trader? Yeah, we have traders at Maverick that will have a dynamic position sizing model where as they have uh, subsequent wins, mm -hmm. they'll start to reduce their position sizes. And once they have subsequent losses, they'll start to increase their position sizes. It's a dynamic position sizing model. And it's, it's basically, hey, if you've, you've been wrong, and again, you're, you're systematically trading, Correct. meaning you're not discretionary trading, then statistically speaking, after losing 10 in a row, if you're a 50-50 trader, your next 10, 15, 20 trades should be above average. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? It's your boy, Calvin, the new trader. We are here for it to be in a podcast today. I wanted to really dig into this thing that is so popular now for us new beginner and development traders, trading with prop firms, being a prop trader. I really wanted to dig into this world and what better way to dig into this world than to find somebody who is doing it, who has done it and is actually doing it at a high level. Today's guest is the head trader um, over at Maverick Trading. Uh, he so graciously gave us some time today. Um, he goes by the name of Rob. He's here with us. He's the head trader over at Maverick Trading. And uh, like I said before, I just want to say it again. Thank you for giving us some time. It's the holiday season. Things are slowing down. And uh, we really appreciate you being here. How are you feeling today? Uh, I feel great. And as you said, it's going into the holidays and it's always very mellow during the holidays. So my life gets a little bit less stressful, which is always a little bit more relaxing. So excited to be here and talk trading. Love to talk trading. I'll talk trading to anyone. Let's go. I love it already. So tell me, head trader at Maverick Trading, what does that position entail? What is your your uh, title at the firm? And what do you love most about what you do? All right. Well, let me start off with that title. This is a title I gave myself. I didn't want to be president. I didn't want to be CEO. I didn't Because look, I love trading. And yes, there's other aspects that I do in my business. But when it comes right down to it, trading is my passion. So as head trader, I basically uh, am a head of risk management. I oversee risk management at the prop firm. So we have hundreds of traders that are trading our capital. So it's my job to make sure that we don't lose our capital and make sure that our traders have everything they need to be successful in their endeavors. Because if our traders are profitable, we're profitable. If they lose money, then we lose money. So my job is to really to make sure our traders are doing what they're supposed to be doing, following risk management procedure, following position sizing rules. And then really, if there's anyone that's struggling, it's my job or it's our team's job to jump in there and really help them out. Love it. So I just want to just let this be known from the beginning. You are a full-time trader. Trading is your primary source of income. Is that correct? That is correct. And how long has this been your full-time career? So I started trading in 1997. And, you know, the first couple of years, I had two really good years, uh, well, three, 97, 98, 99 were great. In the end of 99, I was convinced, absolutely convinced that dot-coms were in a bubble. So I shorted, uh, aggressively shorted the dot-com bubble and ended up losing about 80% of my account because I would not admit that I was wrong. We all know the story. I eventually was right, but there's a very famous saying in the market 
that the market can stay irrational a lot longer than you can stay solvent. And that's just what happened to me. Uh, it was a painful time for me. And looking back on it, it's one of those things you know you you had to go through to learn the lessons that you really couldn't have learned or wouldn't have learned other ways. So, uh, you know, I picked myself back up, uh, scraped some more money together, got back into it. And it really wasn't until about 2003 that I could say that I was making money as a trader enough to like pay my bills. And that was probably the first time. But, you know, we all know how trading is. I've had uh, positive years and I've even had a negative year or two in those last 20 years. So overall, it's been a very good thing. But as we all know, the life of a trader is a, is a roller coaster for sure. Absolutely. Such good information there so far. So tell me this, like, what is the process to prepare yourself to be a full-time trader, right? You're, you were talking about, you had some ups and downs, and then you finally get to a point where you're making a little bit and you're able to sustain a little bit. Um, but how do you prepare yourself to go full-time? When is that moment where you kind of break off from whatever it is you're doing for income to kind of get to that point where you're like, okay, I think I can sustain it. Is it more of a capital thing or is it more of a skill set thing? Um, it is both. It is absolutely both. And it's a very interesting question because whenever I have a trader at Maverick that is going from a part-time trader to a full-time trader, I always get them on the phone. I do a lot of stuff through email and text, but this is one of those phone call situations. And I call them up and I tell them, look, I know you're excited. I know that you've been working this job you didn't love so you could get enough money to where you could do the job you've loved trading. But I have to break it to you. It's going to be harder when you move from part-time trading to full-time trading. Let me tell you why. I've been a full-time trader for years and there are days where you don't click a button. How do you justify, you know, sitting in your office and you never click a button because the setups aren't there? Eventually, you're going to feel the need to work because if you're not if you're not trading, you're not working. You're just sitting there. And so it will put more pressure on you to actually do more trading and more trading is never a good idea. Uh, quality trades, less trades always beats less quality, more trades every single time. So I, I talk to them and I say, hey, look, you need to have something else to do with your time. You also would love to have another income source coming in to pay you know, your bills. So we all know what we need to live on for the month of like that, like the, the minimum. I always tell people, you wanna have that income coming into you to where now you can trade because there's good setups. You're not trading for the mortgage. You're not trading for the car payment. So you need to have, again, enough capital to make enough money to where it's meaningful. But I also really recommend, like, if they can do any consulting with their own firm, do something to bring in a little bit of money. It really takes the pressure off the trading. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. 
so many people are asking me, Calvin, are you still going to be trading with prop firms given all of this stuff that's going on? And are you still funded? And will you get new challenge accounts? And my answer to all of those questions is absolutely yes. Now, this is my personal opinion. I truly believe that trading for prop firms is still a great way to get that capital up and you can take some of that capital and put it into your personal account and start building it from there. So personally, I just started another funded challenge with Blue Guardian. And the reason I rock with Blue Guardian and the reason I recommend Blue Guardian is for so many reasons. But number one is their ability to offer us a tool that helps us protect ourselves from violating our daily drawdown. The number one reason that traders like you and I fail funded challenges is not because we don't know how to trade, not because we don't have the right strategy. It's simply because we hit our daily drawdown, which means that either we're revenge trading, either we just don't know that we're um, close to violating our challenge, but all of that stuff is fixed with this one tool that Blue Guardian has available called the Guardian Protector. You simply go into the back office, you set a dollar amount limit or percentage limit, and this Guardian Protector will stop you from breaching your account. It will disable your account for the day. That means no emotions, no nothing, and you can live to trade another day. Now, when I saw this tool, I said, you know what? This is a prop firm that is leveling the playing field so that we traders can have a good shot at actually passing the challenge to move on to the next stage. And ladies and gentlemen, that is the main reason why I rock with Blue Guardian. Something as simple as that is game changing for the trader that is disciplined, the trader that has a strategy, and the trader that is well prepared to take the challenge. So if that is you, if you're ready, you've been practicing your strategy, you got the data, you've been paper trading, and you are ready then listen, there's no other prop firm that I would recommend than Blue Guardian. On top of the Guardian Protector, you got 85% payout, which is one of the highest in the industry from day one when you get funded. You also have no restrictions on your trading. You can trade during news. You don't have to set a stop loss. You can hold over the weekend. So many great things with Blue Guardian. So to get 10% off your next challenge, use coupon code NEWTRADER, the number one. You'll get 10% off your next challenge. And there's a link in the description that you can click to get your funded journey started with Blue Guardian. I love that answer. Love it so much. Now I want to kind of dive back a little bit because I wanted to kind of set the stage for who you are um, and why your experience is so valuable for us new beginner and development traders. Um, now I kind of want to get back into time into like, how did you kind of find out about day trading and um, how did you learn? Like, how did you get your educational process started? Well, this story goes back to sixth grade. Now I'm turning 50 this year. So Boy, that is a good uh, 38 years ago. Wow. I had a great sixth grade teacher. He was awesome. He was one of those teachers that came in and threw the textbooks away and said, hey, we're going to learn about real life. And he brought in a guy with a suit and a tie. He was a banker. And he taught us about bank accounts and how they work and how it works. Like when your mom would write a check at the store, like how did that, what happened behind the scenes of that? And so we all got these fake bank accounts and we all got these uh, fake checkbooks. And whenever we did something good, we got money in our accounts. And when we did something bad, we had to write a check out and debit our accounts. And then about a week later, he brings in these uh, newspapers from business section. And he teaches us how to read the stock tables, how to read the newspaper, like how much it changed that day. And then he said, if you want to buy and sell stocks with the money in your bank account, you can do it. Now, I'm sure I was the only kid in that whole class that cared about this, but that's all I wanted to do. <laughs> from the whole time. That's, 
all I want to do. So I was like studying, like I'm, I'm 12 years old and I'm studying the Sunday paper because we got, we got the paper on Sunday. So I was looking through all my stocks, looking through the ones I wanted to buy and sell. Um, that didn't last forever. You know, I got to be a teenager. I started, you know, video games were cool. Girls were cool. All that stuff was much cooler. And then I got in a car accident when I was 16. Mm. I got an insurance settlement of $20,000 when I was 18. And, um, you know, an 18 year old with $20,000, that's, that's not a great situation most of the time. But I remembered that lesson that the teacher taught me. And I went with my mom down to a broker and I uh, put it into stocks. And over the next like three or four years, it grew from about 20,000 to 45,000. Wow. And then I started reading about trading and I decided this is what I want to do for a living. So then I took my $45,000 and I was going to do it on my own. And I turned it back into $20,000 wow. magically. <laughs> um, it was right around that time I learned about a place called Maverick Trading, which was in my hometown um, to where you could go in. They had a desk. You could rent a computer. You could rent and they had a T1 line to where you, you know, you didn't have internet in your house back in 1997. But I, I was able to sit in with, with guys that knew what they were doing and guys that had been trading for longer. Some of them were former floor traders. And it really helped to be in that environment to really learn how to do things. And I remember the guy I sat next to, I'd always look at the trades he was making. He was buying stuff that had already gone up like 10%. Wow. I'm like, this guy's an idiot. This guy's an idiot. And then so I buy my stock that had gone down 10%. His always did a, went up more than me. So I finally learned about, about um, you know, relative strength, stuff like that, and really being in the right places. So that was my beginning, and it definitely helped out to be in that environment. That's so good. What do you see that some newer traders are doing now that is kind of counterproductive to where they ultimately want to be, which is being able to sustain consistency over time and make this a career? That is a great question. And I, this is something I, I learned so strongly um, about probably about five or six years into the business. Mm -hmm. I have not read a trading book in over 10 or 15 years. I don't read trading books anymore. Wow. I read psychology. I read behavioral economics. I read all the things that are going on in your brain. One of the very first things we have traders do when they come into Maverick Trading is we have them take a trading personality test. It's basically a Myers-Briggs style test, basically where you're asked trading questions. And it tells you, hey, this is who you are as a trader. And these are your strengths and these are your weaknesses. Nobody failed in trading because they didn't know enough about a chart. Mm. It's just not why people fail. People fail because when the market pressures you, you, you fail there. That's when you fail is when you get under pressure, when your trade doesn't go how you thought it would go. Or you have three losers in a row, which is statistically guaranteed to happen to you. Five losers in a row, seven losers in a row. That's statistically guaranteed. What do you do when you've taken that seventh loss in a row? How do you go into that eighth trade without carrying baggage in and undermining yourself? That's where traders lose. So my advice to younger traders is it takes about three to six months to learn. I call it the X's and O's of trading the strategy, the charts, the indicators, everything you need to know. After that, spend all your time on trading psychology, all of it. Mm. That's really, really good. 
Oh my goodness. You got my seat on fire, Rob. Okay. So <laughs> Well, hey, before we go on, I yes. wanted to, we actually we had this uh, trading personality test. We kept it internal for probably 13, 14 years. We actually finally made it public um just about six months ago. It's uh go to www.tradingpersonalitytests with an S.com. Um, you can take the test for free. And, and it'll tell you, hey, these are your strengths, these are your weaknesses, this is what you got to watch out for. Again, it just really helps you get a baseline of who you are. Because in the end, we we all have different personalities, and those personalities are virtually impossible to change. So it's not about discipline. It's not about overcoming your weaknesses. It's about embracing your weaknesses and learning how to trade in spite of all the that you do. Oops, sorry. I didn't know if I could swear on your podcast, but... You be you, okay? <laughs> okay. I need you to be 100% you. So okay. many... Oh, my goodness. So this is so good because, you know, I was learning and I was consistently being told, you know, if you want to be successful, you got to change this. You got to change that. And in my mind, I'm like, I've been this way all my life. I'm 33. I've been this way 33 years. Can I just find a way of trading within how I do things and learn how to control myself when I'm in a trading environment. So hearing you say that is just so refreshing. You know what I mean? Cause Look, it's <laughs> go ahead. 30, yeah. Learning how to trade in spite of who you are. So let's take me. I am a very extreme extrovert. I, I love loud concerts. I love being in crowded places. I just, everything about me is extroverted. If, if I had you take a test, that same personality test, and you ranked high on extroversion, you are 100% guaranteed to be an overtrader. 100%. Mm. You crave, like I crave stimulation. When money's on the line, I get to feel all the feelings and I get to have all the things going on inside my body. And when I don't have money on the line, I don't have that stimulation. Mm. So for an extrovert, if you tell an extrovert, hey, just don't be an extrovert. Just don't trade a lot. They can't, they can't follow that. So you have to give an extrovert a trading system that fully knows that they're going to overtrade. But how do you build that system to allow them to overtrade, but to where it doesn't hurt them financially? And this is where we talk about position sizes. You know, hey, uh, you know, you have we have like strategies where you rank A, B, and C setups. Uh, a setups are a full position size, B setups are a half, and C are a quarter position size. So if I'm just an extrovert and it's not a great trade, but I'm bored, I can take a C trade, which is a fourth position size. Mm. I'm, so I'm being dumb. I'm overtrading. I fully know I'm overtrading, but I can't fix that through discipline. I'm always going to do it. So how do I structure it to where I can still overtrade and it not hurt me? That's just one little strategy that an extrovert could take. And an introvert's the exact opposite. They're not going to trade enough. <laughs> So there's a whole other there's a whole other problem on the other side to where how do you get people into taking action and not overthinking it too much, overthinking it and waiting so long that then they really miss the trade. Mm. It's a total other problem. Yeah. You know, it's like the person that speeds on the highway and, and you know gets a ticket for going 40 miles over the speed limit, and then the person that gets a ticket for going too slow on the highway. You know, it's yep. like <laughs> either way. Yep. Um they're both problems. They're both problems. Absolutely. So you talked about 
setups. You have an A setup, a B setup, a C setup. Do you believe and do you see at Maverick, your firm that you have been with, do you see traders primarily having different setups to trade in different conditions? Or do you see um, the more successful or majority of traders having one main trading system and like they literally don't bite or budge unless that particular system has a setup? Great question. At Maverick, we we tell our traders, you can't trade like me. We can't trade like you. You have to develop your own system. Mm. So yes, traders, we we force traders to develop their own system. We force traders to develop a trading plan, uh, to trade that trading plan in a demo account, and then they've got to turn those statements in, and we we look over them and make sure that hey, these these all fit within correct trading parameters. So we we push people. You've got to you've got to follow your own system. You really have to build it, put in the work, back test it, and then follow it. Where we see the best success is yes. People that do have a, a one strategy that they do follow, that, that tends to work a little bit better than people that are trying to do 10 different strategies and chasing all over the place. Yeah, our, our best traders have, have one or two things they do really well, and then they just ignore the rest. Mm. So a part of your job with the firm is that you manage risk. And talk to us about the importance of risk management when we're trading. I've had some guests on this show um, that on their main accounts, they do practice proper risk management, but they have funded accounts with high leverage and have done some crazy account flips, right? <laughs> what are your thoughts on risk management and how do you guys handle risk and how do you personally also handle risk when you're trading? All right. So I think there's about three or four questions in there. So I'll yeah. try to parse it as best as possible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I I just want to talk about risk management. And it's one of these terms that we hear all the time. But but let me ask you this question, Calvin. Mm -hmm. Could you really in one sentence tell me what risk management is to you? The best shot at that is really trade what you're willing to lose. <laughs> That's the best way <laughs> I could put it in one sentence. I, I like that answer quite a bit, but, but just think about all the traders you've had on your podcast. If you ask them what is risk management, they would all give you a different answer. Correct. Which is kind of crazy because it's such an important concept in trading, but it can't be subjective based on every single person's opinion. So for, for me, I'm going to give you my definition. It's the rules for your capital. And it's, it's the rules for your capital for when you're wrong you don't lose your ass. Mm. That's really what risk management is. So if anyone wants to take that, that's listening to this, really think about, these are the rules for my capital. It's stuff like how much capital do I risk on each trade? Like that is part of risk management. How much of this capital that I do put on in this trade, how much of that capital am I willing to lose? And then it's, it's about like, okay, what if you have multiple trades on at a time? How much capital are you allowed to have on with multiple trades? And what if what if all four are bullish-like trades, like in Forex? So like you're long the Aussie, you're long the Kiwi, you're long the CAD. Those are all pretty much the same trade because they're all highly correlated. Mm -hmm. Like, Are you allowed to make three of those? So it's really the, the rules for your capital. And it, it's if things go wrong, how much are you going to get hit? How much of a drawdown can you take? So, I mean, that was really your answer. How much of a drawdown are you willing to go through? 
And we always talk about, um, but we have some just great statistics for our traders. And I'll just give you one. If, if you were a 50-50 win-loss trader mm -hmm. and you are a, so 50-50 win-loss trader, you are statistically guaranteed 35% of the time to have seven trades in a row that lose out of a 50 trade block, box or block. Mm -hmm. So think, think about those numbers. So you, let's say you're a 50-50 trader, win-loss. In any group of 50 trades, there's a 35% chance that you're going to have seven losers in a row. Mm -hmm. That's not because you did anything wrong. That's not because of anything. It's just statistics. So we have our traders look at these numbers, look at their trading numbers, and then look at the odds of them taking seven losses in a row. And then they build in their position size to make sure, hey, I don't want to have any more than an 8% drawdown at any time during this year. So you can actually reverse engineer, you know, how, how much, how big your drawdowns are going to be based on statistical analysis. So again, there's, there's so much that goes into risk management, but it's really all about when you're wrong, when mm -hmm. you're in a drawdown, how much of a drawdown are you willing to sit through? That's For me, I, I take a little bit more risk than most people. I, I'm okay with a 20% drawdown. But for most people, I, I'd advise around 10%. So when I say 20%, what, I, what I'm talking about is I've looked through all my statistical probabilities of numbers. Mm -hmm. And I've, I've built out this statistical probability that I'm going to have 10 losers in a row at some point. So if I'm willing to take a 20% drawdown, I'm basically saying about 2% per trade is going to mean that when I do hit that streak of 10 losers in a row, mm -hmm. there will be a 20% drawdown in my account. And, and am I okay with it? But 20% on one trade is insane because just do the math. If you have five losers in a row, you're out of the game. And do you know how statistically guaranteed it is for you to have five losers in a row? It's statistically guaranteed. Yes. It's, it's not even about good trades or bad trades. It's, it's guaranteed to happen. Yes. So you have to look at these worst case scenarios because they will happen. No matter how good you are at reading a chart, no matter how good you are at anything. You are going to pick seven losers in a row somewhere in your in your profession. Correct. Can you sit through that? If you risk 10%, uh, you'll never come back from that. Mm. If you risk 10% per trade, you can't come back from a 70% loss. You got to put more money in to come back from that kind of loss. I, I would say for anyone who is beginning, mm -hmm. uh, I think shutting it down is a good thing to do when you hit a loss drawdown. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of times in the beginning, we are the reason we hit a slump. Correct. And so I, I've done a whole bunch of uh, videos and stuff. And I think I've, I've got one on our YouTube channel called Dealing with Slumps. And the first thing you do is you make sure you're not the problem. Because if you're the problem, that slump can go on forever. It's not a statistical slump. It's a you slump. You are doing something wrong. So I, I go through all the things that a trader can do wrong to cause a slump. If you if you look through all those and after 10 losing trades, you are not the problem. You theoretically should put more money in your account and trade bigger. Mm. Just totally based on statistics. Yeah, because the winners have, are coming. Yeah, we have traders at Maverick that will have a dynamic position sizing model where as they have uh, subsequent wins, mm -hmm. they'll start to reduce their position sizes. And once they have subsequent losses, 
they'll start to increase their position sizes. It's a dynamic position sizing model. And it's, it's basically, hey, if you've, you've been wrong, and again, you're, you're systematically trading, Correct. meaning you're not discretionary trading, then statistically speaking, after losing 10 in a row, if you're a 50-50 trader, your next 10, 15, 20 trades should be above average statistically. Look, that's, that's a very advanced thing to do. And until you are perfect in your trading, you can't do anything like that. But that's, that's definitely stuff you can do. That is my, I never thought about it that way, but that goes back to, you got to know your data. You got to know your numbers. You got to put in the work. You got to have a lot of sample sizes to know your numbers and your hit rate. That's really, I never thought about that before. That is genius. Oh my goodness, man. That's so but just, good. just think about this. And, and again, I, we've done all these studies at Maverick. Mm -hmm. So let's say that you have someone that is a 50, 50 trader on win loss mm -hmm. and a one-to-one -one on profit factor risk reward. Mm -hmm. And let's say that that trader has five winners in a row and then has five losers in a row. You know, that trader can be profitable if they just manage um, withdrawals and deposits into their account. So let's say that after five trades on the upside, they take money out. Now by taking money out, they automatically reduce the position sizes for the next five trades. Because the, there's there's what's called the negative mathematics of leverage. If you win five winners in a row and you have a, a static position sizing model of let's say 2% of your account. Mm -hmm. So you've run your account up and that fifth trade is actually much bigger than the first trade. Mm -hmm. And that sixth trade is gonna be even bigger. So let's say you take a loss on that sixth trade that's going to wipe out more than one of your winners. That's going to wipe out one and a half. And then you take another loss. So what happens is traders are right five times in a row and then they're wrong three times and they've lost all their profits. Mm. So again, it's this is again position management and risk management is so much deeper once you really get into things. So how do you manage? We call that the negative mathematics of leverage. And how do you manage that? And that dynamic position sizing is a great way to do that. To where as you get more and more wins in a row, you dial it down. As you get more and more losses in a row, you ramp it up. And if all you did was take money out of your account after you had a good streak, and then once you had a bad streak, you put that money back in and kept trading, you could theoretically be 50-50, one-to-one, and be quite profitable. That's the drop the mic moment right there. That is really, really good. See, this is the type of stuff that you don't find on like just sitting on the internet right this type of talk comes from the professionals this type of talk comes from people that have been putting in the work um this is really really good okay you just blew me away there um <laughs> look there's there's a lot of different ways to get an edge everyone always thinks of an edge as far as getting my win loss rate up mm -hmm. I, I actually think that's the worst way to get an edge I would rather traders focus on their profit factor to where their winners are much bigger than their losers. And I have traders all the time that are maybe at a 30% win-loss rate, but their winners are, are enormous when they get them. And they're very, very profitable. I, I think it's much better to focus on squeezing your winners for more than trying to get better entry points. I just think that's a better bang for your buck in trading. Yeah. So, and then as we talk about dynamic position sizing is another way to capture some edge as well.
So with that being said, obviously you don't dabble or recommend scalping at all. I, no, I wouldn't recommend it just because I think it's a terrible way to live your life. Look, you could make money. There's people out there that make money doing it. But as far as quality of life, no, there's there's better ways to make a living from the stock market and the forex market. There's just way better ways. Yeah. You're you're gonna die. You're gonna die young, is what I'm saying. <laughs> I was there, man, in the beginning. My marriage was on the rocks. My rocks, man. I was there too. <laughs> I would literally sometimes feel my heart hurt when I was like, and I started in my twenties. And I'm like, is, should my heart be hurting while I'm trading? Like, is that a good thing? It's a terrible thing. Just there's way better ways to trade than yeah. scalping. Yes, yes. Um, okay, so at Maverick. What are the opportunities that are available for traders? So what's the income potential when trading with a firm versus trading your own capital? Great question. So whenever you talk about income potential, I loved what you said earlier. You got to know your numbers. If, if you don't know your numbers as a trader, you're not there yet. Like if you don't know all your numbers, you just haven't put in enough work. To, to have numbers or or you haven't understood the game you're playing because this is completely a game of odds. Anytime I have one of our traders tell me, Rob, I know this trade's going to do this. I always tell them, and again, I'm going to curse again, but I always tell them, you don't know. Like you don't. You, It doesn't have to do anything you think it's going to do. And in fact, there's so much randomness in the market that is totally inexplainable. For you to think that you have a chance of, of knowing that it's going to go here to exactly here and then back to here. That's ridiculous. So you have to be doing enough trades, tracking them all to get your numbers. And then if you have your numbers, then it's just a matter of running math. So we're talking about income. So let's trade, say you have a trader that generates a 25% a year return or maybe a 50% return a year. Um, it's just math at that point. If they're trading with $100,000, trader A makes $25,000, trader B makes $50,000. Mm -hmm. Is that enough to pay everyone's bills in America? No. Not today. Not with <laughs> not, inflation. Not anymore. Yeah, not, not anymore. anymore. Yeah, those days are done. <laughs> oh, man. I've got two kids that just just went out into the world in their early 20s, and they're they're both so excited to buy a house. And they, they did the math. They're not going to be able to own a house for a long time. It's... It's tough for a long right time. Yeah, it's yeah, tough for right sure. Now. So it's it's just math. If you don't know your return, I think talking about income potential is like talking about the fish you almost caught. It it doesn't matter. Mm. It doesn't matter. You got to know your numbers, and that's just math. And so that's what a prop firm does. It, it gives you more capital. Now on the negative side, you've got to split your gains with the prop firm. So we start out with a 70-30 profit split, and then it goes up to an 80-20. Uh, there's some other prop firms that have higher profit splits, but again, it's just math. It's just math. If I make 50% a year, I go with this prop firm. They give me $100,000, which I only have $20,000. They've got $100,000. You can make more, but then you've got to split it with the firm. And then there's always monthly fees with prop firms as well. Mm -hmm. You got to do the math and say, does it make sense? Uh, if it makes sense, you go for it. If it doesn't, you don't go for it. Again, it's when you come down to income potential, 
I think talking about it without knowing your numbers is just talking about wishes and dreams. Yeah. If you have the numbers, it's a math question. With Maverick, what's the process to get started? Um, I'm going to tell you how Maverick is, and I might throw in a little bit about how other prop firms work. Yeah, because please. Every prop firm is set up for a different style of trader. Mm -hmm. And I always tell people, look, the way Maverick is set up, it's not for everybody. It's, it's for a certain type of person that's coming, looking to go into a prop firm. For us, there is an interview up front. Uh, we have a trader meeting. We, we discuss who we want to bring on and, and who we don't want to bring on. And once we de de decide that we're going to bring someone on, they go through an orientation. And all along the way, they get assigned to coaches. So they, we have what's called a level one coach. And the level one coach is going to make sure that they really are dialed into technical analysis and knowing exactly what they need to do. So at Maverick, we have three requirements to trade live. Uh, number one, you have to pass all of our online tests. Our online tests are unlimited retakes. So everyone eventually passes them because they're unlimited retakes. But we want to make sure you know your stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, number two, you have to develop your own personalized trading plan. And these trading plans have to be pretty substantial. We're talking about every single thing that could possibly happen. You have to detail exactly what you're going to do in that situation. You know, if you're going to do something different with different currency crosses, you have to tell us that. And then you also need two months of trading statements, either demo or live. Those are submitted. We look over them. You're approved. And then we start you out with a $10,000 trading account. And then our rules are you get a level advancement. Any two months that you're profitable, back to back, two consecutive profitable months above your high watermark. And again, look up high watermark online if you don't know what it is. Mm -hmm. Basically, it means you, you're not just recovering past losses. You're truly making new profits. And we only take profit splits on truly new profits, not on recovery of any past losses. After two consecutive profitable months, we bump you up to 20,000. After that, we bump you up to 40,000, up to 80,000. And then after that, we just have a discussion with you on capital levels. Man. That's kind of the process at Maverick. And let me just mention, since you are a Forex podcast, um, we have two divisions. Maverick Trading is equities and options. Mm -hmm. And Maverick Currencies is Forex and crypto. Yeah. So Maverick Currencies is, if you are interested and you want to submit an application, those are the websites. Nice. Yeah, we've had a VP on. From No Nonsense Forex. Uh, look, I'm going to give a, a shameless plug here. Uh, I talked a lot about psychology. I have done a psychology podcast with VP for the last year. We are now on episode like 60, I think. Mm -hmm. I think it's the best psychology podcast ever made. And we have people tell us that. I know, look, I'm, I'm cocky about it. I love the project. But if you want to get into the psychology side of trading, um, go to No Nonsense Forex. A VP is awesome. I, he's been with us since 2014, I think. Uh, I just love what we're doing together, and it's really going to help people in the beginning not fall into all the pitfalls that you're just going to fall into as a trader. Yeah. So you don't know this, but um, you and VP are very instrumental in my journey because you helped me I'm figure so out. Happy. Yeah. So you helped me figure out that, like, I am a person. Um, like VP. Um, and I think you are too. Like I see things black and white. <laughs> no, you're a J. I'm a P. Oh, okay. Okay. You, okay. You okay. Patrick yeah, or J. Yeah. Yep. So yep. once I discovered how that was affecting my trading, 
And I heard that episode, I was blown away. I was like, sheesh. I started telling everybody, everybody, like we got a telegram group. Um, and we, um, and we call it a growth group, a Forex growth group. And we were just going on and on about that a few months ago. Like that was like six months ago. Yeah. So um, I'm so happy to hear that because yeah, I, I've spent so many hours reading books, reading studies uh, to really learn this because I truly understand that this is the difference between success and failure as a trader. And I want to I want to bring this to all of our Maverick traders. And it's been my sole purpose for the last 15 years is I don't teach any charting classes ever. I don't want to I don't want to teach a charting class. It's, it's it's the dumbest class to teach. I want to teach people what to do when they've lost three times in a row. I want to I want to teach people what to do when they can't fix something with discipline. Because that's, we always, we beat ourselves up. I remember beating myself up as a young trader and just being so disgusted with myself. Like, how dumb are you? How can you not just stop clicking a button? That's just don't click the button. <laughs> it's so easy in my head and I couldn't do it. Yeah. And when I finally got to the point where I accepted me, me, the goods and the bads, and just accepted it. And I thought, how can I trade profitably? fully knowing that I'm going to click the button way too many times. It totally changed the way I approached trading. And I started to figure out ways to trade in spite of myself. And that was really the key from going from an amateur to a professional to get to that point. Mm. So I'm, I'm so happy that we've just been a little help. Definitely, definitely been beneficial for me. Thank you guys. But it makes yeah. me happy. It makes yeah. me so happy. Because like I said, I've, I put my entire soul into into learning how to be a trader and to help other people so it just uh, thank you very much for sharing that with me no awesome. absolutely that absolutely and it's crazy because i didn't put two and two together until you just said it like i'm like i'm talking mm -hmm. to the person i've been listening to that's what you funny. said yeah when you said it i put two and two <laughs> together I'm like, oh snap <laughs> so yeah thank that's you funny. so much um so you said something that was interesting you said Income or worrying about or asking about income potential, if you're worried about that and you don't know your numbers, it means nothing, right? So now I want to ask you this, right? It's it's a fun thing to it's a fun thing to to dream about. We've all done that dream about that car we're gonna buy, the house we're gonna buy. It's it's fun, but don't plan your life around that. It's ridiculous. Do you think a lot of us new traders who are getting into the field, developing traders? Do you think we have the like we're going after it for the wrong reasons because we're only thinking about how much we want to change our lives and how much good we want to do in the world, but we're missing tapping into what truly matters, which is like, how can I really day by day just get better at this thing and not worry about the results? Do you think we're having the wrong approach because as you know the marketing is up we see the different you know hey guys you can get funded this amount of money if you just pass this test or hey guys you can make x amount of money if you just learn how to trade profitably do you think we're too concerned about the results um i'll, I'll say yes to that um and you know vp and i have talked about how when you focus on the money the money is hard to get when you focus on the process, you focus on the work, you focus on your system, you focus on following it, then the money is a byproduct. But that being said, 
I wouldn't have got into this business if there was no big paycheck at the end of it. <laughs> I would have gone and done something else. So yeah, you know, I agree with you. Yes, it's we all start, we probably all start focusing on the money. And then once we get into it, we understand that um, this is simply a profession. And to be good at any profession, it takes time and effort. Mm. That equals experience and experience equals how good you are at something. So I, I think, yes, people get into it for money. But guess what? That's probably why most people decide to become a lawyer or a doctor, probably for money, too. But then once you get into it, you start to realize that this is just a, a job like any other. And how good I am at it will determine on, you know, my natural ability is going to be part of it. Um, and then my time and my effort that I put into it over years. So, yes, at first, that's why everyone gets into it. But I think early on, everyone figures out, hey, this isn't as easy as I thought it was going to be. And it's going to take some work and effort. And that's where the joy is. It's in the journey, yeah. not the destination. How important is consistency to your success in trading? Uh, it's everything. Okay. <laughs> so I started something years ago when I was just starting trading. I heard this story about two traders who said that how you picked a stock wasn't important. Mm -hmm. It's how you managed it. And to prove the point, they hung up the Wall Street Journal pages on the wall and they threw darts. And whatever stock the dart hit, they flipped a coin, heads it went long, tails it went short. And they did this every month for like 18 months. And by the end of it, they had a nice profit. I cannot find that study anywhere online. I heard it once and I can't find it. So I decided I'm going to recreate it because I want to have the data. So I decided to start what's called the Flat Earth Trading Society. And I called it Flat Earth because I'm like, okay, what's a conspiracy? And the conspiracy in trade is all the books, everything out there is all about the entry. Very little is about the exit. And the exit is where you really make it or lose it. Mm. So I called it the Flatter Trading Society. Now, in hindsight, I shouldn't have done that because there's a big warning signal on all of my videos that says Flat Earth is a conspiracy theory. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Yeah. That YouTube would probably shadow ban me for being a conspiracy theorist. <laughs> but anyway, uh, it's called the Flatter Trading Society. We are on trade number 45. So I've done 45 trades. I have used uh, dice. I've used D&D &D dice. I've used Scrabble tiles. I've used a Ouija board. I've used tarot cards. I've used every method you can to pick a stock. And after 45 trades, the account is up about five and a half percent. Wow. So, so. Mm -hmm. but I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it for a full year. So I'm going to do 10 trades for 12 months, go to 120 trades, and then we'll have the data. We'll have the data to show that the exit, you can, you can get an edge in trading just by being good at the exit. And, and so to back to your question about consistency, the reason this is working because we treat every trade the exact same. Let me finish this all off with what I call my 10 trade analogy. This is the first lesson I teach everyone that comes to Maverick. Over the next week, month, quarter, whatever it is, you're going to make 10 trades. And all these trades, you're going to research them. You're going to look at the chart. You're going to pick your entry points. You're going to do everything you know how to do. You're going to do your best on each one of these 10 trades. And the only reason you're making these trades is because you think these are the best setups you can find. 
in the end, four of those trades are going to be complete dog shit. It's just going to happen. They're going to go against you, and they're going to be losers. And you're going to have probably two or three that go for you a little bit, and then you're going to have one or two that go for you a lot. Mm. No matter how hard you try, that's what's going to happen. You're going to get a distribution, a bell curve distribution of trades. That's all you're going to get is a bell curve. Most of your trades are going to be sort of good, sort of bad. Then you're going to have some that are pretty good, pretty bad. And then you're going to have a small group that are amazing. I mean, where they move like a thousand pips for you. And then you're going to have some that move a thousand pips against you. Mm-hmm. That's, that's trading, no matter how hard you try. What you really need to do is get rid of the left side of that bell curve. You can get rid of the left side of that bell curve and eliminate those pretty bad to really bad losers. And you can hold the good ones until you get just a few of those really good winners. Statistically speaking, you'll win every time. Every 100 trades, you'll win. Consistency. Every time you click a button, you have no idea whether it's going to be the best or the worst trade you've ever made in your life. It's going to be somewhere along that bell curve. For you to treat one differently is saying that you know that that one's the good one, Mm. which is ridiculous. It's ridiculous to even think that. So you have to treat them all the same. And the only way to do that is to do consistency. It's the only way to do position management. You have no idea whether it's the best or the worst trade you've ever made. You'll know in the end. That's it. So good. That's how you got to approach trading. Let's go, man. All right. Before we get out of here, Rob, give us five books on human behavior or psychology that you recommend. Ooh, okay. Um, I have so many good books. Number one is Peak. Peak by um, Ayers Erickson or Eric Anderson. You have to look it up. Um, It's called Peak. And it is the science behind how to train to be the best at something. Okay. And they follow athletes, they follow chess players, they follow everything. And it, it basically comes down to focus practice. You take one part of what you're doing and you become a master at that. And I use the analogy of JJ Watt. If any of you have seen JJ Watt's uh, special on HBO, he works on the first step out of a stance for an hour a day. Wow. An hour a day. And he's done that for 20 years. Guess who was the, fir- the fastest first step in the game? So they, they talk about breaking down trading. And that's what we do at Maverick is we, we have our traders, hey, you're going to learn this and you're going to master this and you're going to work on this until you're perfect at it. And then you go on to the next little bit and the next little bit. So peak, number one. Uh, number two, a book called The Hour Between Dog and Wolf. It's a really cool story. He, a guy who was a, a hedge fund manager and he worked on bank trading desks. And he wanted to know what happened in the brain because he saw people fall apart on the trading desk. And then he saw some people keep their cool. He actually went back to school to become a, uh, a brain doctor, some one of the brain doctor uh, designations, to learn what actually happens in your brain when you start to take risk. Uh, it's a deep book. It's a, it's a tough, tough read in the fact that it's not light and airy. It's tons and tons of studies and statistics. That's a good one. Another one is Behavioral Economics by David Crosby or Daniel Crosby. Um, That's just a fantastic book. 
it's it's about what happens in our brain when we take risk in the stock market. Just fascinating. Um, right, let's just stop at those three. Those those are the ones I want to focus on. So those are the main ones you recommend. Yep. Yep. Okay. I love it. Well, Rob, I want to give you an opportunity. If there's anything that you feel a new trader, a developing trader, a trader that's kind of stuck in the middle right now needs to hear, what would you say to them and uh, let them have it? Let us have it. <laughs> well, I, I really liked your last question about consistency. Mm -hmm. and, and that's really what this all comes down to as a newer trader. It's tough to be consistent. Um, for, first of all, you don't even know what your system is. So you've got to go through the process of building a system, testing it, and then finding out, oh, that one that one underperformed in these kind of market conditions. And then so it takes a while to get your system down. And so to be consistent is virtually impossible at first. But once you get that down, and once you have the system that you've tested and back tested and put it through every single market scenario and it's produced a positive expectancy, then it's just a question of, can you replicate those trades that you back-tested? And can you do it exactly how the computer did it? Which means that if the signal gave you a signal and it was you know, at a point you didn't like, you have to take it anyway. So it's about consistency. And this is where you can't learn anything in a charting book about how to be consistent in following your support resistance lines or following that it's not in those books. It's in psychology. Mm. So to build consistency, it's trying to figure out why you want to deviate from your system. Mm. And all the, there's, there's hundreds, there's going to be hundreds of reasons and hundreds of situations. Like one of my biggest mistakes is once I, in the past, when I went on a good run, when I had a really good run, I got more aggressive and I did more position sizing and I did more. And so I'd give it all back. Mm. So now, once I have a good run, I get paranoid. And I'm like, uh-oh, uh-oh, <laughs> I know what's coming next. You get this guy out of here. So I do things like I'll reduce my account size. I'll, I'll do all these things in spite of myself because I know who I am in the past. Mm. So the psychology is really the mechanism to get to consistency, which is everything in the world of trading. So good. So good. Rob, is there any way, like, are you on social or is there any way if somebody really just felt like you were talking to their soul today, like I have, is there any way that they can contact you, you know, about anything? Uh, like, Do you do that or, or what? You know what? I don't. And I, I've chosen to only be available to my traders that are trading live for the firm. Okay. They all have my personal cell phone number and we text all the time. Uh, it's just, it's too much. I can't handle it all. So I'm sorry. I, I just don't look, I've got social media, but you'll see uh, there haven't been posts for five years. <laughs> gotcha. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been another episode for X beginner podcast. We got Rob from Mav trading lead head trader over there, managing the risk, setting people up for success, dropping some gems on us. Rob, we thank you for your time here at the Forex beginner podcast. We wish you nothing but the best ladies and gentlemen. This has been another episode. Calvin, new trader, Rob here. And we're saying, listen, be successful, be great and stay consistent. Would you agree, Rob? <laughs> Absolutely. Go get him, everyone.